For when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all his angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another. Like a shepherd who separates the sheep from the goats, the sheep will be put on his right, and the goats will be put on his left. And he will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom which has been prepared for you before the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. And the righteous will say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? When were you thirsty and we give you drink? When were you a stranger and we invite you in? When were you naked and clothe you? Or sick and in prison and we visit you? And the king will say, Surely I say unto you, to the extent that you did it to one of these brothers of mine, even the least of them, you did it to me. Those precious words were uttered by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who came to this world to seek and to save the lost. For Christ also died on the cross for our sins once for all, so that we might be brought to God having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. And he also made a proclamation to the spirits in prison who were once disobedient. Tonight's lesson is intended to introduce you to the work that needs to be done, should be done, and thankfully is being done to those who are behind locked doors in prison walls trying to transform the incarcerated murderer or theft or whatever his incarceration may be into the incarcerated Christian. In Williamson County, where my hometown is, there's a ministry program there in the Williamson County Jail. And they allow their inmates one worship service a week, one Bible study a week, and one personal ministry visit a week for those who have the privilege of having someone come visit them for those opportunities. Their worship service is just like ours. They come together and sing songs of praises, read scripture, say prayers, partake of the Lord's Supper, and they even enjoy a gospel sermon. My father was asked three years ago to begin participating in the jail ministry program. And I wish you could all come and witness one of those worship services. Men who are truly thankful for what Christ has done for their sin. Because these are men who are wallowing in the mire of sin which they created. But yet they found a way out. They have found their Savior. Men who truly recognize that this will lead you them to life everlasting in Christ Jesus. And so the very first night that my father had the privilege of speaking in the jail, 
There was a man who came in a few minutes late at the dance, and his name was Eddie Setiati. Over the course of three years, my father and Eddie have become dearest of friends, learning to love and to appreciate one another for their common bond in Christ Jesus. Brother Eddie was an illegal alien who came to this country to find employment. He was from Indonesia. And he came with his best friend. And they got in an argument one night over where they were going to be working and going to work. And as the argument grew heated, Eddie was attacked by his friend and with one unlucky punch that was placed just perfect, Eddie ended his friend's life. Scared and not knowing what to do, Eddie dismembered the body, making the crime even more heinous. And as justice would have it, Eddie was arrested and put in jail where when he walked through those doors, he was handed a Bible. Having never read it before, he opened it up and flipped through every page, reading every verse that was on it. And upon his conclusion, he understood what sin was and what sin is. And he understood the consequences of his own sin and the things that he was doing and had done that allowed him to that gave distance between him and God. And he also learned what he must do to be saved and how he can have those sins forgiven. And so Eddie began inquiring. Having studied the Bible alone in his prison cell, he began inquiring about being baptized. And remembering back to his hometown in Indonesia, he remembered that there was a Catholic church, and so he sought after a Catholic priest. Long story short, the priest refused to baptize him. And so Eddie continued praying, continued searching, until finally he found the jail ministry program, in which case he asked members of the Church of Christ to baptize him, and they obliged him in that request. Now, a baptism in the jail is very different than ours here. Here, our water is ready, and it's warm. In the jail, it's not ready. And so, upon your request to be baptized, you have to wait till the following Sunday. And so Eddie's name went on the docket and that next Sunday rolled around and he was called out of his prison cell and he walked out into the outdoor courtyard. Now if the guard respects baptism and what it means, he'll fill it with warm water. But if he doesn't, it'll be cold water. And seeing that it's an outdoor horse trough in the dead of winter, that can be bone-chilling cold water. And yet, I've never heard of any man back away from the water. But I have heard of a man who came out of it, and the water was so cold that as soon as he came out of that water, he breathed his last. The jail is not a place that we long to be. But yet, you can find Jesus Christ in that jail. Eddie said, Yachty and my father studied for the next three years as they grew in their friendship. And Eddie, after he was baptized, his life changed. Romans 12, 2 says, Be ye not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And Eddie's life was transformed. He no longer sought the things of sin in this life, but yet, he diligently studied the scriptures. He made a note that whatever point he was 
freed from his prison cell that he was going to go home back to Indonesia and convert his family to the truth. He would also have to start a congregation in Indonesia because there was not one. And so Eddie began writing sermons, preparing for that day. Psalm 69:33 says, For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his prisoners. And as God's providence would have it, Eddie, Eddie was waiting in jail, waiting on his sentence, and he had waited for three years. He was supposed to be convicted of murder, plus other gratuitous crimes that went along with it. But when the judge sentenced him, it was reduced to involuntary manslaughter. That only required just over three years. Eddie was almost done. We didn't know at what point he would be re released, but we did receive this letter about a month ago. It's addressed to my father who had studied with him. It says, Dear Brother Tracy, First, I'd like to say thank you for everything you did to me, your teaching, help, and to build my faith and confidence. On Friday morning, March 18, 2011, about 3 o'clock, the guard came to our pod and instructed some of us to pack our stuff because they're going to send us to prison. Total ten of us included myself and Greg Shaver. We are going to prison at West Tennessee State Penitentiary close to Memphis. The individual he mentions here, Greg Shaver, is also a Christian. He was baptized while in prison, in jail there in Williamson County. And his family has actually called our home to say thank you because he was such a changed man in his actions, still happening to pay his penalty there in jail, but yet God doesn't recognize him as a criminal anymore. Eddie continues, he says, I apologize because I could not say goodbye to you. I understand that it's too far for you to come visit me. I'm really very glad and happy because you already spent your priceless time to come and visit me and teach me in Franklin. I will never forget you. But in this time, I will bother you again and really need your help to take my treasure in Williamson County Jail. When they shipped me this morning, they didn't allow me to bring my sermons. So I left all my writing treasures with them. He calls his sermons his treasures, the things that he's going to take back to Indonesia and spread the gospel. In his time in the, that prison cell wall, Eddie had wrote over 70 complete sermons to take back with him. He continues to say, I, I really apologize about this, and I could not give you anything. The only thing I can do is pray to Jesus to bless you and all your family. Brother Tracy, I don't know, yet know about me. I don't know that I will be deported to send me to Louisiana or not, which is where they're processed out. After I have assurance, I will write you or try to call you by phone. Please don't forget to pray for me and my family. And Eddie continues to regard others in his letter. He says, I have an inmate in my pod in Franklin who really needs your help besides Ryan Drop. His name is David Polak. He is 40 years old, and I believe he is a good man and willing to change. He reads the Bible and prays every day. I already talked to him a couple times, times and tell him about how Jesus changed my life. I gave him Psalms 51 and Psalms 25 to pray. And I give him scriptures to read, and he is really willing to study. I hope you can come to visit him in jail and bring him to Jesus Christ. Thank you very much for your help and all your kindness to me. God bless you and all your family. Sincerely, Eddie.
who would ever dare say that a man in jail, a criminal, or any man here who walks on this earth cannot be changed to be fit for the kingdom of heaven. The two men who were mentioned in the latter part of that letter, David Polak, he was baptized last Sunday evening for the remission of his sins. The other man, Ryan Drop, as of 6 o'clock this evening, is being buried in baptism for the remission of his sins. For God's people are always victorious. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says that in Christ, God's people will be made triumphant. Are you triumphant in Christ this evening? There are men who are in jail cells who have nothing but time to read and study the Bible, and many of them know the Bible better than we. They worship with eager hearts, with love and appreciation for the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And God has made them triumphant. If you've never been buried in baptism, never approached that water trough where those men in jail approach it naked and clothed only in their own sin, but be raised out wearing a garment that is pure, white, and holy in the sight of God. This evening, you can be pure, white, and holy in the sight of God. You can put Christ first in your life, as do these men. You can take hold of your responsibility to teach others and to teach those who are in prison. The Putnam County Jail, as of this moment, is not allowing us in. They do have some ministry programs there, but it takes time. Um, it is a slow process, but eventually we'll be able to talk to those men who are here in this jail around us, and we can fulfill our duties there. But if you stand outside of God, then why wouldn't you come this evening to put yourself in Christ, to be clothed with his holy and perfect garments? Or if you've sinned and you've fallen away from Christ, then why wouldn't you come while together we all stand and while we sing?